The strategies and concepts discussed are for educational purposes only and do not represent specific investment tax or estate planning advice. Investing carries an inherent element of risk and is in everyone's best interest to consult a tax, legal, or investment professional. John Cindia is an investment advisor representative of and advisory services are offered through USA Financial Services Corp. Member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Life Stages Advisory, Dean, and Remington are not affiliated with USA Financial Securities. Welcome to the 27th episode of WTF, Wealth, Taxes, and Finances. I'm your host, John Cindia, Certified Public Accountant and Personal Financial Specialist. I have Dean and Remington in today. Hello. How you doing? <laughs> I'm back here. Sorry. Dean's behind the camera today, okay, but he's still on with us because we're going to have a little bit of fun. And I've got a financial literacy thing I'm covering over now because oh. I can see Rem trying to look at it. Uh, there's six basic questions. We're just going to keep it real simple. We're going to have like a little uh, contest here to see who who knows what about this. Uh, there's six basic financial literacy questions on here, and averages people get two of those right. Okay, I which like is those odds. <laughs> yeah, that's about a third. So um, it can be everything from uh, some taxes. It could be about interest rates. It could be about credit scores. Um, educational uh, loans, things like that. And what we want to do is utilize this time. I'm going to have these six questions here for these guys and for you out there listening. And then we're going to talk about each um, each question and how it does relate to literacy as a whole, as uh, trying to understand exactly what we've been trying to put together here for the last uh, how many episodes, you know. As a general rule, how many months' expenses do financial planners, that's me, recommend that you set aside in an emergency fund? That's like cash for something and furnace goes out. You need four grand. How much should you now, have this on is, the side? This is multiple choice, right? Oh, yeah. I haven't given you those yet. Okay. Oh, I was about to fly off the handle. Real <laughs> don't, get, don't get nervous, guys. Okay. <laughs> now, take. you have to make sure you record these. All right. A, one to three months. B, three to six months, C, six to 12 months, D, 12 to 15 months. So in other words, if something happened and you needed a an extended amount of time that you had to pay for things, what does that emergency fund look like? And I, just for information purposes, I've got clients that have anywhere from $1,000 to $250,000 in cash at any one point in time. So if you have an emergency fund, A, B, C, or D? I'm going to go with C. Okay. Hopefully. <laughs> Dean? I'm going to go with B. going to go with B. The answer is C, 6 to 12 months. Okay, ding, 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 one for REM, okay? <laughs> Just got to go one more and then I'm, I'm good. I can miss and, all the other ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You only have one. I'm nervous Pressure, now. Pressure's off. <laughs> so um, usually it's like six to 12 months. I mean, there's no hard and fast rule, but the way I like to look at it is if you read stuff, everybody's always saying six months. And so that is what your household would actually need in a period of six months. If in this COVID situation, maybe you've been laid off, you lost your job, um, they've cut back your hours, you've been furloughed, something like that. 
and you haven't been able to get any of these other, other uh, loans or any of the other $600 a week on the, um, um, to cover your unemployment, uh, the state you're living in doesn't uh, offer enough to get by with your full household expenses. So if you normally spend $2,500 or say $2,000 a month, six months, that's 12000 you should have in this emergency fund. That's okay? so bad. So that's six months, or it could be 12. And like I say, I've got clients that have, they're, they're in a panic if they don't have, for no reason, except it's their comfort level, uh, you know, they might have 50000 in cash at any one point in time. So that is a personal preference of how much you should have. But on average, and you know how that goes, uh, rule of thumb is about 6 to 12 months. So one for REM, zero for Dean. <laughs> okay. okay. Big old I'm, I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at Dean. That's I have no guy. idea what the next questions are. So that's good because I haven't said anything to anybody. If you have too many credit cards, what should you do? A. Close as many as possible. B. Request a higher credit limit. C. Be cautious about closing credit cards. D. Close the cards with the lowest balances. Is there an option E? No. Get the scissors out and not. just cut them. <laughs> no. <laughs> so. All right, we're going to start with Dean this time. What What do you think? All right, ask those again. So the there were three of them were closed, right? Uh, let's see. A is close as many as possible. B is request a higher credit limit. Uh, C is be cautious about closing credit cards. And D is close the cards with the lowest balances. I'm going to say C. I'm going to go C as well. Okay, answer is C. Nice. Be cautious about closing your credit cards. Okay. Yeah. Only 29% of the people answered that one uh, correctly. And on the first one, only 14% got that. Really? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, that's just. You feel like you're like. some in, in, in some uh, elite. A little bit. There. Farm area there, Rem. A little bit. All right. Now, this is where, yeah, because Rem will lo- miss all the last four. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. The thing is about the credit cards that a lot of people aren't aware of is that uh, if they collect them and they've got 15 or 20 of them, and then you just say, okay, uh, I've just had a, a brilliant idea. I've paid them all off. I'm going to get rid of the credit cards. Uh, that actually goes against you. Yeah. And you could see your credit scores drop precipitously because of that. Um, the credit is determined on um, the length is a major issue. Um, how often you, uh, you get to either have a balance on them and pay those off, but it's also the fact that you're making cons- consistent payments and you're never late on those. So late payments and length of credit history are important. So even if you're not using them, stick them away somewhere or whatever. Yeah. Just don't get rid of them. I, I was about to ask, like, I, I'm not saying you should or shouldn't do this, but is the, re- is the reason that you see people like cutting up the credit cards is so they're not closing them out, but they're also not able to use them. So once they clear everything out, they just cut them. You can't use it anymore, but you're also not closing it out, so you're not harming your exactly, credit score. Okay. Exactly, because they're going to keep issuing you those, and if you don't have them, there's no penalty unless you've got a card that says, hey, you know, um, some of these rewards cards or whatever might have like a 45 to 75 or $100 fee on an annual base. You'll be paying those, but um, from any other type of standpoint, uh, the credit uh, utilization should be below 30%. As long as you're below 30% on all your credit cards. So if you've got $10,000, you're 
you stay under $3,000, you're in good shape. If you take that up to like seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000, you're going to get a ding on your credit report. It's just going to, um, it'll be temporary, obviously, until you uh, pay that back down. And it's the same thing. If you've got $100,000 worth of credit cards uh, and revolving debt that way, uh, 30%, that's 30000 and you know, you're know you still in good shape. Okay. All right, you guys ready for number three? Oh, yeah. Go for it. If a late payment is sent to a collections agency, how long will it remain on your credit history, even if you have paid it off? Less than a year, one to three years, four to five years, six to seven years. Um, hmm. I'm going to go with B. B. Rem Just says one to so. three years. Dean. I'm going on the late end, six to seven. Six to seven. Ding, ding. Oh, no. Dean's got six to seven. That's what it is. Um, It is an unfortunate thing. Several years ago, uh, we were in a process. We were on vacation, and I forgot to make a payment. It was one day late, Mm. and it took six years to get off of that thing. It was, talk about frustrating. Oh, yeah. You just sit there, and you go, oh, my God. But... um, yeah, if, if that happens, if you can, you're on vacation or something happens and you sit there and you go, oh, you know what, I don't know if I paid that, call that company up, tell them what's going on, make them aware of it, and try to make some type of an arrangement. It may help, it may not, but at least they'll try and help work with you or uh, put a notice down or something like that. Um, anything besides just making it late. Yeah. And if you can pay it off, you know, use a debit card, take it out of your cash account rather than send the thing in, do electronically, do whatever you can to get it in. But just one stinking day, yeah, you know, is just, it, it just makes you sick. Okay, number four. What is the formula for calculating your net worth? Yeah, Dean just about passed out. His brain exploded <laughs> on that one. Yeah, <clears throat> I think I did. Okay. Assets minus liabilities liabilities minus assets assets plus liabilities assets divided by liabilities ding ding ding, ding. i i i got nothing um <laughs> <laughs> let's see here oh just for an fyi while they're thinking that last question the six to seven years 62 percent of the respondents got that correct oh wow so. How's it feel now, right? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, let's see if I can get this one right. Um, let's. What were the What were the first yeah. two again? Okay. Assets minus liabilities. Liabilities minus assets. Assets plus liabilities. Assets divided by liabilities. I think Dean's got the lead on this one. You want to go? So you can copy me. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say B. B. Okay. Um, that was assets minus liability, right? Let's see. That was liabilities minus assets. Um, I'll go with A just to shake things up a bit. Oh, shaking things up. Yeah, it's probably well, going to pay off. <laughs> the answer is A. Ooh, assets nice. minus liabilities. I, I knew that the whole time, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> 47% got that question right. So... Yeah, even if you haven't taken an accounting class, it's what your assets, all the stuff you have versus what you still owe on that 
on everything. Rem's mm. just got a new house, so he's <laughs> he's totally broke now at this point. But you've got assets minus your liabilities equal is what your equity is or um, your net worth. So once you add up your cars, uh, house if you have one, uh, all your little toys and trinkets and everything else, and subtract all your um, your mortgage debt, uh, credit card debt, uh, car loans, whatever that bottom line is your net worth. And that's what the banks will look at a lot in addition to your income and say, is this person a good risk for loaning money? So that's it. So score so far, is it Remington? Three to three? Two? To I have two. two. Yeah, I have two. All right, they're, they're average going on above average here. Okay, the fifth one. Imagine that the interest rate on your savings account was 1% per year, okay? Yet inflation is 2%. After one year, would your ability to buy something with the money in this account be more than today, less than today, exactly the same, or you don't know? So your savings account, you're getting 1%. Right. Inflation's 2 so that's, um, you know, you're going to have some type of an effect, or is it, on what you're doing? Because you read, have to think of compounding. Right. It could be simple. It could be all kinds of things. Read, and, uh, read those answers again one more time for me. All right. More than today. So one year from today, your savings account would have more. You have 1% interest, 2% inflation. You either have more money. You have less than today. You have the same, or you have no clue. Um, let's say, oh man, I feel like I'm trying to do something like, oh man, uh, let's go, let's, let's see A, I'm just going to keep with A. A, more than today. Dean. His eyes Dean's over, there. over, he's, he's out. <laughs> I, maybe I'm trying to overthink it. But yeah, probably. Like probably. Yes. You have a thousand dollars. Yes. Inflation's two percent, right? And you're earning one, and I'm earning one, right? That means I'm losing one. Is that what that means? I think so. So, what's your answer? You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, less money. Know. You're gonna have less money. Less money. Okay, like Dean oh, yeah. is right. Less. You'll have less than today. Tied okay, three. Now, now we kind of talked it out. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Now it's tied. Yeah, because. If uh, according to that you said how much ten thousand or thousand? I just said a thousand. All right. So you had a thousand. You're going to earn ten, but inflation is two, so you're losing twenty. So you're going to have nine hundred ninety dollars basically, if you look at it from that standpoint. So you're going to have less money because of that, and that's why some people go into the savings accounts. And I had some clients uh, in the last few weeks calling up and saying, you know, I've got some idle cash. And I said, you understand when we put that cash there, that's that emergency fund cash we talked about earlier. You don't need that to do anything. It is doing its thing in cash, not earning anything. And if it's in there and it earns two basis points, you know, and banks are looking to try and entice people with 25 basis points and stick it in there for 18 months to a year, two years. Some people are getting um, 
half a percent and considering putting their money in for three years. Um, you know, you're not, you're not talking big bucks here, okay, from that standpoint. Um, it's, it's not worth tying that money up. I'd rather have it gotcha. free sitting there because $50 or $100, if you've got some money saved, that 50 to $100 isn't going to change your lifestyle. But accessing that may, and you're going to get some penalties. They may, they may be insignificant, but they could still be significant to that individual. So I'd rather have access, clear access to that cash. And like I said before, in previous episodes, when you're having that, um, you're having your emergency fund or that cash that's in there, that's a tool and it is doing its job by sitting there accessible for you. So if that furnace goes out and you need four or 5,000 bucks, boom, it's there. If you have a car repair, something happens, you got a $1,000 brake job on a car, boom, it's there. No credit cards, nothing else. You don't have to break a CD. You don't have to go do anything like that. It's there in cash or savings, and that's what it's for. <clears throat> Excuse me. So once you have that, don't worry about if it's making anything. That's what the other investments are for. We put them in to work for you from that standpoint. So that's, you know, that's pretty much all I need to say on that. So we're tied up three to three. Final, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Final question. Which of the following about federal student loans is not true? I have a student loan. I'm excited. <laughs> I don't. Oh, no. For certain federal loan, this is A, for certain federal loans, the interest on your loan is paid by the government while you are in school or during grace periods. B, your parents must sign a promissory note before loan funds are distributed. C, entrance loan counseling for all first-time borrowers is required. So, Just the three? Just the three on this one, yeah. So which of the following about federal student loans is not true? It was not. Oh. Not true. Okay, yeah. Run through this one more time. Sure. So <laughs> I this was is, looking for the one that was <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> so Uh-oh. it's not true. So they're all not true, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can put a fourth one in and say I have no clue. <laughs> I can do that too. For certain federal programs, the interest on your loan is paid by the government while you are in school or during grace periods. B, your parents must sign a promissory note before loan funds are distributed. And C, entrance loan counseling for all first-time borrowers is required. Go ahead, Rem. Entrance counseling? Oh, that, that doesn't sound like a real thing. Um, let's go with that. Let's, let's do entrance. C, or, entrance loan counseling. What, what was the first one? Okay. <laughs> for certain federal loan programs, the interest on your loan is paid by the government while that you're in school. doesn't seem like something they would do. Oh, that's... You're going to go with C? No. I think, would the government do that, or would they make you count? Let's go A. I don't think they would pay for stuff. Okay, A. Dean. (laughs) You have to see Dean's face. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, but you can't. (laughs) I'm a mystery man. Not today. Um, I'm going to say A also. Okay. And the answer is B. So it's not true that your parents must sign a promissory note before funds are distributed. A lot of them do, but they don't have to. Oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> Did they sign for there? Honestly, I can't remember. Okay. Stop making payments and see if they get a <laughs> see if they get a you know a bill to pay that. Uh, let's see. The previous one I forgot to say on the um, interest rate only sixteen percent got that right, and on this last one thirty four percent got it right. So so you guys ended up three and three, huh? Yeah, so it's not so. bad. We're above average. One above average. That's not too <laughs> bad. Um, but. Uh, when you're going through it, like these are just sort of general questions. Do you guys, what does it mean to you from that standpoint? Does it sound like, um, do you feel comfortable with what you may know? It's only six random questions okay, right. and stuff. But oh. uh, I, th I think any of that is just fun to know. Yeah, and some, some of the stuff, I, I mean, like the, the thing about the credit cards, I think that's something my dad had told me from like a very young age, like, like when I was first starting to get like a debit card through mm -hmm. the bank for like my student card, it was something like, if you ever have to close anything out, don't just make sure it's all paid off. Um, just cut it up if you need to. He, he was the one that was always telling me like, just make sure it's all cleared out and then just cut it up. Cause I think they had had some issues with credit cards in the past. So it was something I'd seen firsthand where it's like, just cut it up. Don't use it. Yeah. And then that's it. Never close or cancel anything. Yeah. And the, same thing with the interest, like the that was the first question. It's it's all stuff that I somewhat am familiar with, but some of the other ones on there I just shot in the dark guessing, but it kind of makes sense now looking on looking back on it. Dean, yeah, I feel pretty I feel pretty similar to Rem in terms of. Um, I mean, I I think you can always know more, mm -hmm. but I feel pretty comfortable. But yeah, I've got two more. Uh -oh. These bonus are sort of round. bonus, yeah, bonus round. Bonus, just to see if bonus round. <laughs> see if we got these are basically from an, a, a real basic investment perspective, and it's on bonds and then stocks. Okay, so these are additional questions. Uh, one is if interest rates rise, which the um, uh, the head of the Fed just mentioned that they may not raise interest rates now until. 2022 something like that okay but if interest rates rise what will typically happen to bond prices they'll rise they'll fall they'll stay the same there's no relationship between the uh, bond prices and interest rates you don't know or i'm an idiot for asking these last two bonus um, questions well <laughs> going off just kind of like context clues here the fact that you said that they're not going to increase it makes me feel like if they were to do that especially with everything going on right now that would have some form of a negative effect so i'm going to say that they would fall i think it was option b right they would fall uh, they would uh, rise or they would fall yeah, yeah i'm gonna go yeah. they would fall because they wouldn't not if, if they would rise i feel like that they would want to do that so mm -hmm. i'm gonna go with they're gonna fall okay i'm gonna say there's no correlation you're going to say no correlation. There is. They would fall. So there's an inverse relationship with interest rates. <laughs> he's uh, celebrating. All right, he's flexing <laughs> over here. Uh, anyway, um, so there's an inverse relationship with interest rates and bond prices. 
And what happens is, and we're talking to the principle of that, doesn't necessarily have to deal with the actual rate. So if a bond's $1,000 and it has, a say, a 10% rate on it, and uh, rates go up, now all of a sudden, and say they went from 5 to 6%, well, if the rates go up and you've already purchased one at 5 that means you've you've gotten a discount. So the in order to buy a, something similar, the price of that one goes down, okay? Because now you can get something at six percent where you're earning five. So in order to make that competitive, somebody has to say, yeah, that's only worth that thousand dollar bond's worth nine hundred. So to give me an opportunity to be fairly uh, competitive, um, that price is going to go down. Consequently, if the um, um, if the rates were high, like they were about, you know, say, 10, 12 years ago, and they went down, bonds were making 14, 15% returns because they went from eight, you know, six, 8% all the way down to almost zero. So now all of a sudden that principle goes up, rates are down, your yields are terrible, okay, so you're not going to make much, but it's that, um, it's that equity buildup that you have in there. Okay, and the last one is in here on stock. Buying a single company stock usually provides a safer return than a mutual fund. True, false, you don't know, prefer not to say. Buying a single company stock provides a safer return than a stock mutual fund. Single company mutual False. Yeah, I'm gonna go with false on there too. That's true. Oh, <laughs> why? Besides just guessing, what's why is why would that be? Because you could pick a lousy stock, oh. you think it's good, and you lose everything. Mm. Whereas if you had a mutual fund, there's several stocks in that, wow. fifty to a hundred or whatever. So that's where we talked previously about in uh, previous episodes about allocation mm. and making sure that you don't put all your Eggs in one basket, you don't put all your money into one stock. Okay? Yeah, that makes sense. So, and you could probably Google it, do some homework. Um, you can see where there are um, calculations that are done that says if you had five stocks and you put uh, 20%, 20% into five stocks and one went bankrupt, one went up, one, all this stuff, that you could still end up having a gain in your portfolio, even though you lost one of the stocks totally. So you can go through those, Google some of that stuff and see how that correlation is. But um, when, you're, when you're looking at that, it's because um, you, you don't have everything in one. You shouldn't put more than, I'd say, 10% uh, normally into any, um, like on these 401ks, and they'll say, oh, we're going to match you with a company stock. Okay. Enron's a good example to go back why you shouldn't do it. Uh, some other ones are out there too, but we try to limit that to at least uh, maybe 10, 15%, you know, definitely no more than 20, but some people end up having all their money into that company stock. You know, if it's good, it could be great. If it's not, you know, you're, you're betting, um, you know, most, if not all your pension on that stuff. So, so anyway, so today, how you guys feel about, uh, learn anything? Yeah, and I feel like I went into this expecting to just bomb and do terrible, but... (laughs) You're above average. Yeah, above average. It feels good to know that I know some of this stuff. Yeah. And I don't want to say I only took a shot in the dark on 
two 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 or three of these so you took a shine of dark on all six is <laughs> yeah, that right? really good guesser <laughs> that's over here that's what i did that's what dean I was did. over here flipping a coin going <laughs> oh let's see and yeah he, that and, sounds good and he got and he got 50 yeah. percent. you know okay all right well until next time uh we want to thank you for uh tuning in uh please like us is that what we have to do? Like us on this uh, video. Like, subscribe, share. Podcast, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and as usual, uh, give us your feedback. Uh, Jay Cindy at Life Stages Advisory. Uh, for the time being, until we get a... Um, we're looking for other uh, emails out there that will um, sort of help us find out exactly what it is we can help you with. So until next time, thanks a lot. Uh, talk to you soon.